0: Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, you sent me an article from The Atlantic, and it was an essay written by a wedding planner. And this is a wedding planner that seems to work with very wealthy clients. And at the same time, it's just sort of an article about the wedding planning industry in general and about weddings. And here's the best paragraph I read. It's not the wedding professional's fault that weddings are expensive. The fact is that weddings are luxuries, not necessities. It costs a lot to make something look nice. It costs even more to make it feel nice, to make sure all your guests are comfortable and well-fed and entertained. A wedding is not a photograph of a wedding. A wedding, a good wedding, is immersive theater, a living, breathing work of art. And Don, this article just goes on to talk about the world of wedding planning, and, and some of the anecdotes are absolutely hilarious. What did you think about this article?
1: I read this article at a campsite. I didn't have Wi-Fi. It was down on my uh, label, downloaded onto my Google Apple News, and I was just fascinated. I was sitting amongst the trees. It was 50 degrees. I was wearing a sweatshirt at a, near a mountaintop, but... I just kept looking at this and going like, this is just so obscure, so weird. And yet, totally get it. If people have money, it's competition. It is uh, something that's hopefully a one-time thing where you can really show people, put on a show for people. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting.
0: I mean, you and I were obviously married and I could connect very little from my own wedding to the kinds of weddings being written about in this article. But it's everything from people spending a ton of money. Some of the statistics were absolutely astounding. They said that basically now last year there were over 13,000 weddings where more than a million dollars or more were spent on it. That was sort of insane. They said the average cost of a wedding now is about $30,000. And they even said that about 30 to 45% of newlywed couples go into debt. To finance their wedding. In fact, there's something called wedding loans and they charge about 30% interest. I was stunned.
1: I was not stunned because I, the loan industry will prey on anybody that wants to borrow. But yes, it's amazing that that much money is spent. That said, the workers, the cooks and stuff aren't really making that much money. They're just getting by. It's just the amount of goods and services that are used for these things. You know, the landscaping, the, uh, food the you know all these tents and so forth it's just incredible amount of infrastructure and things they use to set up for a wedding it's not
0: just a tent don you've got to have a sailcloth tent
1: that's right and heating and air conditioning for that tent so everybody's comfortable inside and 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 It was interesting, because this is definitely
0: a game of the rich. It made me think about the episode where we talked about yachts a while ago. (laughs) And the one thing about the yacht is that only rich people can kind of afford it. And it's a way to show off, right? Almost most people nowadays can find a way to afford an iPhone or a computer or a nice television. There's few things out there where you can really set things apart. And what you kind of realize is that a wedding is one way that you can still really go all in, especially for the super wealthy. And that was sort of what was funny in this article was it starts out where she starts talking about this client she has. And like the next day, her mother calls the wedding planner, like in a frantic sort of nervousness. And she's like, my daughter is ashamed of being rich and she wants to have a wedding that doesn't show how rich we are but we've got a lot of rich friends coming and they know we're rich and they're going to expect something nice and it's just sort of this kind of weird situation she's got to solve
1: yeah that's the central story that kind of resolves around revolves around this and like you I thought of the yacht article and in the yacht article it said like you can't nobody has like 10 servants and a gigantic estate much anymore it's just not deemed uh reasonable but you can have a yacht and spend poor crazy money in there and the wedding is the same thing you can pour crazy money into a wedding and nobody will second guess you or judge you you're just having an exceptionally exceptionally wonderful affair for friends and family
0: they said that in the mid 90s is kind of when maybe america's cultural obsession with weddings and what you're doing at your wedding started to take off started out with a website called thenot.com which at one point my wife was reading in fact I asked her today if she was reading it before we got married or after and she said maybe both did your wife ever take a look at that?
1: We're a little older than you, Zach. We, uh, we got married in 2001. So we I don't think we were looking at the knot. There was a uh, wedding planning software I downloaded at one point, but it was just all set to sandals to try to get you to take a honeymoon there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then also it talks about social media and there's the competitive aspect of social media and making sure your wedding looks the part to people in social media. In fact, the article mentions you can hire a social media manager to uh, help you manage that and illustrate your wedding the way you want to. It's not just pictures in a book like I have in my basement, sack. You got to let everybody else know how wonderful it was.
0: And that's what they said is nowadays there's a huge desire of not actually making the let the wedding look good for those that are there. It's to make it look good for those who are not there, I guess, to get the jealousy. You're right. The media manager advisor job is apparently a $3,000 kind of job or, or one time, you know, kind of gig work. And I just thought, maybe Don, when you have all those kids in your class saying, I want to be a YouTuber or a streamer, you should maybe help them hone and shave it down to wedding social media advisor. Maybe that would help some of your kids have some direction.
1: Yeah, they I think you got to have some photography skills, but that should be fitting right in with it. Or we have a photography class at the high school or a few of them, we should uh, put that in there. But yeah, no, that's absolutely a thing. And it starts at $3,000. i am sure it goes up from there. I'm sure it goes way, way up.
0: Oh, totally. In fact, that's interesting that you just said that, you know, the high school has a photography class. And I guess, are we offering classes on social media management? I remember when LeBron James was sending his kids to, I think it was like Sierra Canyon High School, some really rich exclusive prep school in Los Angeles but that school was offering classes on how to manage your own brand kind of online and the brand being like athletes but there's a whole world of that now i wonder if we should be tying that into photography classes
1: all classes manage your brand linkedin all that stuff everybody needs to learn that
0: <laughs> you exciting. and i need to learn that i mean we have a twitter feed and that's it we we are not promoting our podcast
1: well enough but <laughs> what is your social i mean it would be a little time of reflection for the struggling boy student who's a sophomore at high school like what's your brand i'm a c student that likes call of duty okay you <laughs> need to build your brand what kind of value can you like, i <laughs> but
0: i don't know I, I i feel like though there's a niche out there of people that are interested in mediocre call of duty players right
1: I'm not sure other mediocre Call of Duty players. I'm not sure. I think they're interested in C uh, student females.
0: And, and just kind of getting back to weddings, there clearly is a whole world of promoting it. In fact, the article describes the not.com and sort of its cultural moment as... The Knot offered brides-to-be advice about budgets and listings of potential vendors, but it was the chat rooms and the camaraderie and friendly one-upmanship found there that kept users coming back. The Knot created a community. It made being a bride an identity, and it transformed weddings into a competitive sport. And that part I thought was interesting, made being a bride an identity, and You know, I was thinking, Don, most people now they get engaged and their wedding is not actually going to happen for a year or two because they have to throw themselves into planning the wedding. And throughout my life, I've talked to people that are like, oh, we're so stressed. We're planning a wedding or, oh, my God, I had to go and taste eight different types of cake today because I'm planning the wedding. And it is kind of like a moment in your life now that you really have to like spend a ton of time on.
1: Yeah, I guess. I think some people just get married in their backyard. That's what people do that I've known recently. And uh, it's a coworker has done that a couple of them like you just get married, you don't need to make this huge presentation and then put yourself in a hole, especially since young people today, if they go to college are looking at tremendous amounts of college debt, housing costs that are uh, above the uh, above the norm for 100 years, and all these other hurdles to go, do they really need to spend a ton of money on a wedding? I read this article more about parents want to make their kids' wedding special and how much money they spent doing so. That's what I was reading and thinking.
0: No, and you're you're 100% correct. You don't have to go down this line. But I do think a lot of people want to go down this line, right? Like a wedding in some ways is just a big project. It's something to mentally throw yourself into, get stressed out about, And then you kind of have the big event. In fact, the the beginning of the article is awesome because the wedding planner talks about how the Sunday morning after the wedding, which usually is on a Saturday, is the most stressful morning of the wedding planner's career because that's when either the email of like, thank you so much, it was the most beautiful night and day of my life happened and you were a big part of it. Or it's people that all of a sudden have the financial hangover That all of a sudden realize that the ice sculpture is melted and the napkins weren't puffed up enough or it just wasn't nice. Or sometimes, and this is kind of sad in the articles, they talk about how the brides are just not even into their groom, but they went through with it anyways. And they then get these like angry emails of people wanting their money back or telling them that they should go find a new line of work. And, you know, a big thing can sometimes have a big letdown at the end.
1: No, you're right. And I just, I didn't get it. Like you have to look in the hole at our wedding. We had a great time. It was fun. And we got the wrong cake. I, we used a home baker. She brought the wrong cake. I'm certain it was the wrong cake. And we just like, we looked at it. It's the wrong cake. We cut it. Everybody ate it. We went on with the night. Like we didn't even give it a second thought. Like, what are you going to do at that point? Like, are you going to ruin your night over the cake or wringing your hands the next day? It's over. Just move on. And overall, we it was a happy day, and we moved on.
0: No, and I think most people who attend a wedding are just fine with whatever, right? However, the people throwing the wedding, I think, get themselves very stressed out about what is everybody else thinking. Do they like the food? Do they think the decorations are classy? Uh, Are they having a good time? And sadly, the people putting on the wedding, including the bride and groom, I think tend to get more wrapped up in and how everybody else is perceiving the event that in some ways they sort of forget it. And therefore, you know, it seems like there's a ton of like energy spent before the wedding, making sure that somehow the memories of the wedding 10 and 20 years later are going to be good, even though possibly the whole thing was miserable during it.
1: Were you at all concerned while you were uh, you and your wife put on your wedding? Were you thinking about, are people enjoying themselves? Are they having a good time? Because I was not. I did not think about that at all.
0: I didn't uh, spend too much time on that. But I do remember like, okay, uh, we've now done the ceremony. And now we need to go do some pictures. But dinner is going to be served here. And so I remember like between the ceremony and dinner, sort of feeling like we had to like, kind of pick up the, the the pace here to make sure we were still on uh, board so that the guests didn't have to stand around too long. After that, I don't remember being too stressed, but this article just makes it seem like a lot of people do get stressed. Just a little bit of, a, of, of information on my life. I once worked for a company that did wedding planning. Often when we were decorating these weddings and running these weddings, we always had a dad or a mom or, or some friend that always seemed stressed about the event as it
1: was happening. And what's the, do you have a good story that go along with that? What's the best story?
0: Best story is I've seen a bride crying uh, before she was about to walk down the aisle. She was crying more to our like kind of, I guess you could say manager of the event uh, on his shoulders. I've seen the bride crying after she got married. I was not close enough for the uh, information about why she was crying after the ceremony. Um, But, I I mean, I've I've seen us go into uh, the Grand Traverse Resort and the Grand Traverse Resort, if you've ever been into some of their big conference rooms, they are large rooms. And I have seen us take mint colored sheets and completely pin them to the walls of these rooms. I mean, this is a ton of square yardage that we have covered to make the whole room look mint. And I've seen us hang chandeliers from the ceilings to come down so that it glows. We've put mirrors onto every table so that there's a reflection. Floating votives, Don. I've taken candles and I've floated them in little pools of Mm -hmm. water uh, with slight bits of food coloring to come off with the right tint. It's amazing how long it can take to set up for a wedding and just what the kind of expense that people will go through.
1: Absolutely. And you got to imagine it's even more so now.
0: Yes. Oh, I can't even imagine. I I remember, you know, I didn't have a ton of money uh, when I was in college and that's when I worked for this company. And I'll always remember, I came to work one day and my boss said, here. And I'm like, okay. And she took me to this room and there were $10,000 worth of roses. And I was like, $10,000 worth of roses? Like, I'm not even going to make that amount if I worked for this company for three years straight, basically. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, you know, the wedding on Saturday ordered $10,000 of roses. They want them all around the, uh, the church and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. They're like, however, they do not want any thorns on the ro- roses because thorns are <laughs> quote unquote, too negative. So your job today is to pick off every thorn. And, uh, I spent eight hours just dethorning. Uh ten thousand dollars worth of roses. My hands were just covered in blood by the time I was done.
1: <laughs> hey, but you got paid. Yeah, you, you know, somebody's making money. Somebody had the money to spend. That money spending that money gave them utility. You got earned the money. It is what it is. Like, who's to complain? Who's the loser here? Other than the people that are maybe unhappily getting married. But the the people spending the money are spending it for a reason. They wanted to do this thing. You're earning the money as somebody's cooking filet to earn the money. I mean, everybody's getting what they want. There's no harm here.
0: No, you're right. Because on one hand, you could say, look, this is insane that somebody is upset with the idea of a symbolic thorn on a rose and they want them picked. This is stupid. I can't believe America, gluttonous, overconsumption, yada, yada, yada. But the article makes this point, and I do think it's a good one, is A ton of blue collar workers and a ton of people are employed by the wedding industry and they are getting paid. And as somebody who needed a college job, I I think I was making 10 bucks an hour and I spent eight hours just dethorning roses. And to be honest, I didn't hate the day because I got to play music and I just literally got to do something I'll never do again in my life. And it was just, you know, sort of a weird novelty.
1: Yeah, there you go. So it all worked. I've been to one of these weddings that cost more than a million dollars. I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty certain. And it was incredibly nice. And a lot of workers there were making a lot of money and the parents had the money to pay for it. And uh, it was wonderful. I had a wonderful time.
0: There was a great line by the wedding planner about how like, you know, she goes, say you're talking to Bill Gates. He may be the smartest person in the world, but what does he know about
1: lighting or a table setting? absolutely and he can write the checks and say like all right you know this stuff do it take care of it great i mean i i don't i didn't understand any of it or really have much thoughts about any of it i would like to have food that was decent but yeah i remember when we were sitting down to do with the the uh, the hotel that hosted our wedding and they said uh we're they're like what tablecloth you want or what napkin and we were like uh, oh, we're kind of stressing about that because we didn't really know they're like what color was the napkins at the last wedding you went to like I have no idea. It was only two weeks ago. I have no idea the wedding, the napkins, the tablecloth. She's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, okay, what do you think works? Great. Let's do this. Like, we don't know. And I don't really care. That's fine. But that's me. Maybe if I'm a billionaire, Zach, when my kids get married, then I could really go all out.
0: Maybe. And at the same time, if I was a billionaire, I think I would still be in your world of, I don't really have an opinion about the, the color of napkin. But at the same time, I remember Lynn and I being asked similar questions about like, well, what do you want as a centerpiece? And at the moment, it seemed like a a life or death choice you were making, right? If anything, it reminded me back to like feeling stressed out about going to our beloved Bed, Bath and Beyond and trying to pick out a plate pattern or something like that. And and therefore, at the moment, it's like, oh, my God, what do you do? But then you look back, you're like, nobody remembers any of that stuff. But you know the wedding industry has found a way, at least, to make people feel uh, these are important.
1: Well, and like you said in the very beginning, making it look expensive is is harder than it just being expensive. And so you got to make it look nice and uh, send that out in perpetuity to people forever on their social media feeds and whatnot.
0: Right. I, I, I boy, they didn't have social media when I did my uh, thornless roses, but. I guess that'd be a heck of a shot of look. These people are so attuned to detail. There are no thorns on these
1: roses. Ah, uh, just like, is it Van Halen? No brown M&Ms in the tray right before the concert? Yeah.
0: Although, you know, a couple of weeks later of that same summer, another uh, wedding client ordered $15,000 worth of roses. This time, they, it wasn't about the thorns. They just wanted uh, the heads pulled off for petals. And um, I just had to make boxes and boxes of rose petals uh, to throw on the floor as the bride and groom were walking down the aisle. So another way just to kind of uh,
1: show off wealth. That's uh, <laughs> that's another way to do it. Hey, we just uh, saw something last night. My wife's cousin uh, is starting a uh, a uh, flower business for weddings, and it's starting at six thousand five hundred dollars for uh wet for local and organic flowers um in local and native flowers in austin texas for a wedding starting at six thousand five hundred. it's a lot more than i spend on flowers at our wedding tech
0: so she won't even take my call if i'm if i'm looking for just kind of a hey what can i get for 100 bucks
1: I, it doesn't sound like that works there, but uh, I'm I'm sure she's going to have a good business. I'm sure there's a lot of people in Houston, Texas that have the money and want local and uh, local flowers.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you think about the consumables in these sort of things, right? The the flowers are going to be good for a day. Uh, the food is going to be consumed. So much of it is it's not like you have anything to show for it. In fact, I could see why the next morning you had sort of had this wedding hangover as you're just like, I just spent this much. And and what do I have As you know, the wedding planner uh, was even trying to describe her job to like her grandparents. And uh, they were basically like, you could buy a house for that much. And uh, she's like, well, grandma and grandpa, like a lot of these people already have a house, and most of them have many houses.
1: And hey, outside of people that are borrowing money for probably an unwise spending spree, it's a better use than whatever else, like another car, another boat, like another house that they're not going to be in. I mean, you live—you're from the territory where there's empty houses fifty weeks a year in beautiful locations that are maintained year-round. That's not a great use of resources. Maybe a wedding's the best use of resources if you have a t- tremendous amount of money. Yeah, that's very true. The author even
0: said. My grandparents who raised me had what was called a football wedding. They rented the Veterans of Foreign Wars Hall in Red Hook, Brooklyn, yep. and piled tin foil wrapped heroes on a table. People would shout out what sandwich they wanted, and another guest would toss it across the room. How complicated could a wedding be, my grandparents wondered.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I like a hero, Zach. I, I'd be okay with that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine trying to sell my wife on that sort of a wedding. But I also, you know, you do realize there are many people, most people in, in our society cannot afford what kind of a wedding is being described in this article. In fact, you you almost feel bad when you think of the amount spent that could be used as a down payment on a house or could be used on, on other things. And it does make you sort of realize sort of what an image conscious society we are when people get wrapped up in that. And I'm sure all of a sudden it's like, well, we have uh, these white napkins, but for 50 cents more per napkin, we can get you the linen ones, right? And all of a sudden you get into those marginal things of, oh my God, I just want this day to be so beautiful that you just keep spending and spending and spending uh, and it could get out of control pretty fast.
1: Yes. And I would hate to think that this is a barrier for people to get married because married people live longer. They're happier. They're healthier. They uh, have better outcomes for their children. And I hate to think that people aren't getting married because of this expectation, because being married is great. And really, it doesn't matter how you get married. It's just one day. I have no regrets about how we did it, but I think it should not be a barrier for people.
0: I agree. In fact, that's something I I guess I wonder about the next generation, right? You've sort of cited on this podcast a couple of times now that the, the younger generation seems to be involved in less risky behaviors, less premarital sex, less drinking, less use of drugs. However, this generation is also very social media conscious. So where does weddings come in? Are are they going to make up for all of their less risky behaviors by blowing it all on weddings? Or do you think there might become a sensibility to it's not cool to show off uh, oneself in an extravagant wedding like that? Do you you think that becomes it? Or do you think it just becomes, no, we got to go even more and we really need to spend more on that social media advisor?
1: I I don't know. I hope they get married in general. In general, they're having fewer kids and uh, less relationships. So I I just hope they're getting married. If it's a big wedding, if it's a small wedding, just get married. It it leads to better outcomes. But yeah, I don't know. I think they'll probably, I don't know. I think it'll probably be some niche thing, destination thing. I was anti-destination wedding until recently, Zach. I've I've enjoyed my last one. Every once in
0: a while, I will think about as a father of two daughters, that traditionally speaking, it's the girls parents who pay for weddings now that does seem to be slowly kind of maybe changing a little bit but i'm thinking like there's no way that i'm going to be able to get my kids through college and then put on uh one of these thirty thousand dollar weddings for for each child i was thinking like okay so then how do you ease your way out of it is destination wedding the way to go because now all of a sudden maybe you're just going to spend less on everything or do those things also get pretty pretty pricey
1: I think it's pretty pricey, but you have fewer people there, which brings down the cost a little bit. I don't know. Fewer I...
0: expectations, fewer people you're trying to impress. Maybe only your family and real friends come.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, we went to one in Cosmel, and it was amazing. It was Michelle's family put it on. It was wonderful. Everything was incredible, incredibly nice. I don't think it was that much cheaper in Cosmel than it is in the United States, but perhaps it is. Um, but then you just have a fewer concentrated people and you have less people you feel compelled to attend just because they were somehow related to you.
0: And that can get stressful as well when you have to start making that guest list. I remember my wife and I sort of were at about 100, maybe 110 people was sort of the limit that, that the place we got married could hold. We were able to get in... The family and friends we were we were really hoping could attend, but I remember it starts becoming like sort of a negotiation with, with your parents of people that they know or they don't want to offend, and
1: all of a sudden that guest list can kind of balloon out pretty quickly. We had 163, and I remember thinking there's only one or two tables of our actual friends. And so... <laughs> yeah. That's a
0: good point. And, and Not yet, that I
1: didn't want the other people there, but it was just like, okay, yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, all right. Like, okay. I am, So all my cousins, you know, one side of the family, all the cousins brought dates. Like, okay, I've never met these dudes, but all right, here now they're here too. Can't imagine how much money you're spending on them per person in a million dollar wedding. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: You know, it reminds me of the uh, the deadweight loss of like Christmas article that we talk about, right? The deadweight loss of the wedding of... Okay, how many people did you want here? Probably the further you get out on the family tree, you're like, I had to invite these people because of obligation, but then they had to bring their plus one whom you don't even know at all. Uh, And therefore, how much of a deadweight loss of a wedding uh, in terms of guests? How do you calculate that, I wonder?
1: We had four people come to our wedding and they gave us one clock. (laughs) Not even a nice clock, it was just a clock. And then another family, we had six people come, they gave us a waterfall light. (laughs) <laughs> and, and i don't it, and then we paid 50 bucks each for the food and i don't know how much they drank but like it th- there was yeah a, there's some dead weight loss there for sure <laughs> i
0: remember i had an aunt that gave me a dusty christmas tree holder that she had pulled out of her basement
1: oh there you go yeah You're like, okay, okay
0: but i have a fake tree i don't need a christmas tree holder yeah oh no i don't know i uh well, you know, in kind of going on to this sort of uh, hangover at the end, I also just loved this paragraph as well. And the writer wrote, When the weddings were over, many of our couples would take us out for a reunion meal, where they would spend hours reminiscing and reliving their favorite moments. Sometimes these nights were fun, sometimes less so. I got divorced right before one of these dinners. And over appetizers, the bride asked me what had gone wrong. I guess I just felt dead inside I said later she followed me to the ladies room when I came out of the stall she was waiting for me I feel dead inside too she said Oof. and I there there was multiple stories of just you know all of a sudden the big events going on and all the pressure to go down the aisle and and do you really want to do this and I, and I do wonder sometimes and this is something I just kind of wondered even when I was like preparing for weddings is how many people are just more excited about having a wedding and an event to kind of celebrate themselves than they actually are about getting married to the specific person? Uh,
1: more often than not, probably, because most marriages end in divorce. I, I Yeah, that's that seems like a bad, bad situation.
0: Well, nowadays, I was trying to think. We have weddings. That's still a big deal, big social media event. I was thinking like graduate parties also seem to be now, I don't oh, know, yeah. getting bigger in scale. I've noticed more tent rentals and lots of food and decorations and like the times go all day long. Um, I was trying to think about like gender reveal parties now seem to be increasing. I think I just saw this morning that Serena Williams is having another child and she and her husband like release drones to release the gender reveal. It seems like we're finding more and more ways to to show ourselves off online. Am I wrong about that?
1: Well, celebrate things and celebrate <laughs> people and put on a show for others. And uh, I don't know, I, maybe it's uh, just an extension of the social media bragging about you and your child or trying to share this or feel like you're keeping up with the Joneses. It's that whole thing. I, I don't know. We've talked about graduation parties and not having one. I think we'll inevitably have one, but... Who knows? I didn't have a graduation party in high school. Did you? I did, but it was, I
0: think, two hours long, and we had it on a Thursday night. I remember people like coming to my parents, and they were like, hey, thank you so much for throwing this on a Thursday night, because this is the only one we have to go to today, whereas we have to go to seven or eight of them on a Saturday. But I don't remember it being the deal that it kind of feels like it is nowadays, I guess. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with celebrating a milestone in life. And I I think that should be put into its proper context. I think the thing that's just surprising to me is the desire to want to show it to the world or to complete strangers, if you know what I'm saying. And I guess that fits in with our social media culture, but I wouldn't want any photos from my wedding online, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's something that'd be interesting to research. Uh, none other, yet another research opportunity we su- can suggest. Um, we don't, and I don't think you either post anything on social media, um, other than the announcing the weekly outcome of this podcast, we don't post anything about our kids. My older son, who's, a, who's going to be a junior in high school, has social media accounts, but he doesn't post anything to a larger group, just individually on Snapchat. So I, I, I wonder if that texturizes how people behave in weddings and are they're participating in this contest of promoting themselves.
0: And I guess you always have to ask that question, right? Are you... Um actually in the moment and enjoying and just living in in that moment or are you performing for others to watch later i guess
1: yeah so I mean, that's a interesting dichotomy there i think there's two worlds
0: yeah and uh, I don't know. I, I think this article is amazing. Anybody who is going to get married, who has uh, been married, who's done a wedding or attended a wedding, I think should read this. Um, there's just a lot of laugh out loud quotes and anecdotes from this thing that I highly recommend.
1: Oh, and some good stories. We didn't even mention about uh, this uh, the author getting screwed out of 40% of her payment or whatever by this uh, business person like it's it's a fascinating read it's good stuff
0: yes that would be the other interesting part to ask the author is working with people with tons of money because you know she does she describes how basically she ends up not getting paid after having to uh, go through the wedding and it would be interesting because these would clearly be people that know all the tricks in the book about how to not pay for something, right? And then ultimately, she gets threatened with being sued if she tries to collect. And I, I thought that was interesting, swarmy, uh, reminds me of, um, you know, sort of other stories you've heard. And again, just a different sort of world. Absolutely. Well, we will post a link to this article. Highly recommend people read it. And Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week.
1: Absolutely, Zach. Have a good one.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.